daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is a very great and confusing day. Uh, reports that the president not only has COVID, but that he also has cancer. The White House has tried to clarify all of that. Uh, we will get to that and what the truth holds. There's also a different statement about the president's case of COVID uh, from President Trump. Is it a real Trump statement? Did President Trump really say this? Or is it uh, somebody's idea of humor? Uh for, for just for the record, it, it seems to me that this is a perfectly in character uh, Donald Trump response to Joe Biden's cancer. We will be not cancer to his COVID. Uh, he did have cancer. He had skin cancer before the presidency. He had always admitted it. It was part of his health reports. He's had some serious health problems, as most people do by the time he reached the age of 79. Uh, and let me say at the very outset, and not just because of Kamala Harris, who's waiting in the wings, but just because it's decent and right. Uh, everybody should wish the president a very speedy and full recovery and stop speculating about him getting the COVID, uh, the, the new uh, variant of COVID, which apparently is producing only mild symptoms for the leader of the free world as the president is often called, not just this president, the presidents in general. In any event, uh, with all of that going on, we all are here to sort through the confusion. Uh, there's less confusion among Democrats about crime. Finally, finally, much too late, Democrats, maybe including President Biden or whoever is manipulating him and running him behind the scenes, Speculation from Maria Bartiromo that Biden is uh, drugged out and not all there and actually being manipulated by uh, puppeteers behind the scenes in the White House. Is that true? Is that even useful? Another vote in the House of Representatives to try to fend off a potential Supreme Court uh, change in the way that Americans live their lives. What change are we worried about today? Today it is uh, people being deeply worried about contraception and the access to contraception. And look, I think Republicans who uh, this time voted overwhelmingly against this rule, which nonetheless passed in the House because, of course, Republicans are still, for a couple of months at least onward, the um, minority in the House, the House today passed a bill that would protect access to contraception on a federal level. As Democratic lawmakers say they fear the recent Supreme Court ruling ending the constitutional right to an abortion could endanger other protections. The bill passed uh, 228 to 195, largely along party lines. There were, uh, this time, there were much fewer um, people on the Republican side who voted with the Democrats to protect birth control, despite the fact that uh, the studies show that about 65% of women between the ages of 15 and 49 in the U.S. use contraception. 
Uh, Gallup opinion polls show access to contraceptives is backed by more than 9 in 10 Americans. Uh, Yes, I believe that is probably accurate or maybe even an understatement. The idea of uh, getting the government to go back to the position of blocking access even for married couples, and that was what the Griswold case was about, to uh, go back and revisit that, uh, it, it specifically does not follow, and I think it's notable that uh, Justice Kavanaugh, and we've talked about this before, that Justice Kavanaugh, in his concurring opinion on the Dobbs case, actually was very clear and explicit that nothing in the Dobbs decision was meant to threaten the access to birth control or anything else. Okay, first, the the news of the day. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reports President Biden tested positive for COVID-19 as the oldest president in U.S. history was confronted with the latest wave of a pandemic he has sought to move beyond. The White House said today that the president, 79, has very mild symptoms and he's begun taking Paxlovid. He will isolate at the White House and continue to carry out all of his duties fully during that time. Dr. Kevin O'Connor, Mr. Biden's physician, wrote in a letter released by the White House that the president was experiencing a runny nose and fatigue with an occasional dry cough, which uh, began last night. The president is fully vaccinated and twice boosted, so I anticipate that he will respond favorably as most maximally protected patients do, Dr. O'Connor wrote. First Lady Jill Biden told reporters in Michigan that she had spoken to her husband earlier in the day, quote, he's doing fine, he's feeling good. She said uh, Dr. Biden said she had tested negative earlier in the day and would stick to her schedule and remain masked per CDC guidelines. Vice President Kamala Harris also tested negative for COVID-19 today, according to a White House official. The official said she was last together with Mr. Biden on Tuesday and would continue with her schedule, which included a visit to Charlotte, North Carolina's plan. Mr. Biden, who last tested negative on Tuesday, uh, two days ago, according to the White House, has been in touch with members of the White House staff and will participate in his meetings by phone and Zoom from the residents. Uh, By the way, for the hearings tonight, uh, it was announced that Benny Thompson, the congressman from Mississippi, who has also announced that he has tested positive for COVID, uh, virtually it seemed like everyone is getting it right now. I will let you know uh, if that happens to me. Thank God, not yet. But um, the uh, Benny Thompson is going to be presiding over the hearings tonight, which begin at 5 o'clock Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. He's going to preside over those hearings via Zoom or some kind of virtual connection, but he will not be there in person. Uh, They will have in person the Matthews, uh, Sarah Matthews, who was uh, in the communications department, and uh, Matthew Pottinger, who was a ranking member, former Marine, a ranking member of the uh, National Security staff. They are two prominent 
people, among the most prominent people, who resigned immediately after January 6th. Uh, talk tonight that they may be reviewing actually some of the outtakes, which is kind of amazing that they got them. The outtakes of the Trump statement when he finally at four o'clock uh, uh, posted a video uh, asking the uh, rioters to please go home and telling them how much he loved them and admired them and that you are very special. Uh, I think the idea of uh, uh, trying to appeal to people by saying you're so special, you're, we're all special, we're all distinct. President Trump has this response to the announcement of President Biden's uh, illness and couldn't be more gracious, right? Statement by Donald A. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. Joe Biden, who many have said is our worst president, has come down with a case of the China virus despite being vaccinated. I hope Sleepy Joe was able to bounce back quickly, much as I was. Doctors described my fight against the China virus as Herculean. And not meaning the woke Disney Hercules, but rather the Kevin Sorbo one. The Lou Ferrigno one as well. Joe, I wish you a speedy recovery, even though you are taking America in the wrong direction. No one wants Kamala. Is this for real, or is it a satire? We will get to that and much more coming up on The Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. Paxlovid, even if you have the best medical care in the world, and I'm fairly confident that the President of the United States does, if you're 79 years old and you have a medical history, you have aneurysms, I think there are two different recent cases where President Biden, before he ran for president this time, uh, he had been hospitalized with aneurysms. He um, He's active, obviously. I mean... <laughs> fact that he fell off a bicycle is a still a tribute to the fact that he rides a bicycle and most people at age 79 don't but um this is uh, uh vice president kamala harris uh, tested negative for covid19 today according to a white house official and uh the official uh said she was last with biden on tuesday and would continue with their schedule, which included a visit to Charlotte, North Carolina, as planned. And uh, one of the things that, that you think about is that uh, just yesterday, there was a, um, uh, you can see the photographs, and the photographs are moving, and I was planning to actually talk about that with you a little bit, because uh, they uh, were together with the First Lady of Ukraine, Olena uh, Zelensky. Zelenska. Uh, uh, so sometimes they even say, I think they said Zelenskaya. But in any event, she um, 
Uh, she was here in the United States. She spoke movingly to Congress. She got a almost a full minute of a standing ovation. And, um, and there were photographs of her meeting together with Jill and the president very close by, not masked. And and then, of course, there are all kinds of theories because he has been traveling so much recently. The president tweeted uh, just a couple of hours ago, uh, folks, I'm doing great. Thanks for your concern. And he noted that he had spoken to a group of Pennsylvania officials, including Senator Bob Casey, to send my regrets for missing our event today, keeping busy. And I'm sure he is. That A photo accompanying the tweet showed Mr. Biden wearing a blue blazer and an open-collar dress shirt, uh, seated at a desk in the treaty room of the White House residence. Aides have said Mr. Biden does plan to run for a second term in 2024. The polls have shown a majority of voters, even a majority of Democrats, don't want him to run, with many citing his age as a key factor. And, uh, and by the way, concerning the... 76-year-old uh, Donald J. Trump. I don't know. And by the way, if, if anyone has gotten the final word as to whether Trump has confirmed that contribution, it's being hailed as a, a masterful witticism that he... The, the one thing that leads me to believe that it might be just a goof, a fake, somebody pretending to be Donald Trump and sort of finding his voice to speak in is the reference to uh, Kevin Sorbo and to Lou Ferrigno and to Disney's Hercules. I, I doubt that Donald Trump or most of you listening out there are even aware of Disney's Hercules. It was one of the least successful Disney animated films ever and uh, really did not do very well. But... Uh, uh, that was in the uh, reference to, uh, and also for using the term Herculean, uh, that he struggled, that doctors said that Trump, Trump struggled in a Herculean fashion against the virus. Um, I don't know. Would, would, would uh, the real Trump have used the term China virus at a time like this basically to... Uh, to rib Biden after saying that many people say, people say, many people believe, he, Trump does that all the time, that uh, he's the worst president we've ever had, that sort of, it, it, yes, that it seems to me is possible for uh, President Trump. Uh, yesterday, President Biden was in Massachusetts and maybe he was already showing some of the early signs of COVID, though, I believe as as recently as Tuesday, he had tested a negative. And uh, this is uh, President Trump in Massachusetts was not always coherent. And one of the sections uh, that he offered yesterday in his speech, this is clip 18, uh, got the entire world uh, deeply concerned that he had cancer. Uh, this is uh, President Biden in Somerset, Massachusetts, yesterday. Listen. My mother drove us, and rather than us to then be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? 
you had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Okay, uh, he's talking about Delaware. He's talking about, I think, oil refineries near his house. And uh, the White House has clarified he was referring to minor skin cancer removals that occurred for him before his presidency. They were always on the declarations about his health that, no, it is not that the president has both COVID and cancer. That would uh, be uh, a little much. Uh, Biden's uh, COVID czar, Dr. Ashish Jha, and uh, and his press secretary, Jean Saint-Pierre, both uh, shut down a reporter for asking what they consider to be an impertinent question. This is just uh, a couple of hours ago. Uh, This is clip 19. Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Um, I certainly don't know if you, if you have any thoughts I, on I, that. Look, I, I don't think that, that matters, right? I think what matters is we prepared for this moment. I think what matters uh, is what Dr. Jha just laid out. Uh, if we look at where we were, were a year and a half ago, this is a president, when he walked in, one of his first priorities was to make sure we had a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated. And so now today, you look, look to today, more and more people are getting closer to having a more normal life. Uh, vaccines are available. And as Dr. Shaw said, if you have not gotten vaccinated, please do. If you have not, if you're, if you have not gotten boosted, please do. Uh, these are, uh, these are treatments that are going to keep you safe. And I think that's what matters here is making sure that we continue to do the work. And the good thing is that uh, the president, again, has been uh, uh, vaccinated and double boosted. Yeah, diseases in the news, uh, breaking, <laughs> breaking news. And this is news we didn't need. A New York health officials report a case of polio. It is the first case of polio in the U.S. in nearly a decade. And uh, given the fact that the polio vaccines have been so spectacularly successful and have saved literally millions of lives all around the world, uh, could it be that some of the anti-vax insanity has contributed to the first polio case in the the country in nearly a decade. The same city that is being ravaged, New York City, by... On the Michael Medved show... The uh, figures for COVID, and with COVID so much in the news right now because of the disclosure by the White House that uh, President Biden has tested positive. And uh, the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention finds people between the ages of 75 and 84 face an eight times greater risk of hospitalization and a 240 times greater risk of death from COVID than the rest of the population. The um, uh, trials did show that the drug Paxlovid 
uh, reduced both hospitalizations and deaths from COVID by almost 90% in unvaccinated patients. Okay, COVID cases in the USA uh, uh, on a seven-day average. Uh, July 20th, 2021, last year, a year ago, 38,437. Right now, 127,288. Now, the important thing to keep in mind is those are cases. Uh, they They are not deaths. They are not hospitalizations. But the figure on deaths are... Pretty, that's pretty alarming, too. A death seven-day average, 2021, a 273 deaths. And uh, now, uh, July 20th, 2022, it is, I'm afraid, as of yesterday, 414. 414 compared to 273. Uh, we do have a, a COVID problem. No matter how urgently, how passionately we want it to be over. I know tonight, not tonight, it's actually tomorrow night, Friday night, the Mariners are back in town to try to extend their 14-game winning streak. If they extend it to 15 games, they win on Friday night, then they will share the all-time record for this franchise. Uh, the previous record of 15 games in a row was set in their golden year of 2001 it's a long time ago but the they're sold out the stadium is sold out which is a great rarity is people are scalping tickets and yet this covid situation is still among us and it's very peculiar because once upon a time if you'd go into oh, costco and go shopping you'd see that pretty much everybody was masked and we went uh, the other night, and about half, about half, on a supermarket, not a supermarket, but a big, uh, large box store uh, like like Costco is, yeah, we wear masks, at, at least at a point. And here is a, an embarrassing flashback. One year ago today... Today, this was a Joe Biden uh, speaking about the subject of the moment. Listen, there, you're OK. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. OK. What's important now to understand is that that's not true. Your chances of getting COVID are reduced. They are not eliminated. It's just like. If you have COVID and you recover from the illness, your chances are less of getting it again, but they are not eliminated, obviously. I mean, Joe Biden, totally double vaccinated, double boosted. He's done everything he should. And he's got the illness. And uh, and meanwhile, the the concerns around us, there's also this from the AP this uh, just breaking news as well. The uh, top U.S. Air Force general in the Middle East warned today that Iran-backed militias could resume attacks in the region against the United States and its allies as tensions rise. 
assaults that could lead to a new Middle East escalation. Uh, what specifically are the rising tensions? Well, they have to do with the fact that uh, finally the Biden administration, and having nothing to do with the president's illness, the Biden administration seems to have woken up to the idea that the uh, uh, they're not going to get this new deal with Iran that they've been trying so hard to get. And uh, that uh, the Iran also met with... Um, what what they had the uh, chutzpah, chutzpah means gall, nerve, of course. They had the chutzpah, this is uh, Rasib Tayyip Erdogan, the dictator of Turkey, and uh, the dictator of Russia, President Vladimir Putin, and, uh, and then the um, president of Iran. And that's Russia, Iran, and Turkey. And uh, they had claimed that they were going to form a new, not an axis of evil, an axis of good. Sound good to you? Uh, all that they need is more cooperation. And thank God, Turkey seems to have cooperated, at least in terms of providing drones and other equipment to Ukraine. Turkey seemed to have been cooperated with its NATO allies. Turkey is a member of NATO. But uh, the arming of uh, Russia trading arms and drones and equipment back and forth with Iran and the strong support for Iran at a time when the, the president just came back from Saudi Arabia from a trip that was generally considered to be something of a flop, of a dud, of a, a, a mixed message, if best, with the famous fist bump and the rest of it. But... Uh, enlisting Saudi Arabia very clearly on the side of right thinking and decency and defense of democracy and a law and order, that, it seems to me, is obviously an important priority. John Bolton has a piece today in the journal, in the Wall Street Journal, and um, I would love to talk to John Bolton about that in the days ahead. He is suggesting that what the United States should do is uh, to send out a joint group of leaders from the uh, Gulf Emirates, from Bahrain, uh, and uh, from those Arab countries that have uh, basically made peace with Israel. They're working together to try to head off Iran and to send those people together to different world capitals to show that really the path to peace and to stability and to some kind of order in the Middle East was in that kind of cooperation and uh, not further agitation and uh, threats. Uh, there is a, a great deal of threat concerning a crime. Uh, will crime be on the ballot in November? There is a peace today suggesting that uh, 425 murders this past year in Seattle area, uh, in the state of Washington, actually, and uh, that number of murders, the highest ever. And what's the cause of it? Well, they actually, in, in this story in the Seattle Times, they even link it very directly to a decrease in the number of police officers. And there's so many things where 
Seattle leads the way, and not just in baseball, where the state of Washington has great numbers about lots of things. It does not have a great number in terms of uh, police protection. We have per capita the lowest, the lowest rate of police officers per capita per the number of people who live here of any state in the union. This is an area where we have some catching up to do. How will we do it? Will Governor Inslee even recognize that as a problem? Uh, We will get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. Interesting uh, email that just came in on the Michael Medved show, and I thank you for it. And uh, the email is from James in Bellevue, Washington. And he writes, I listened to uh, your program about the 10 big lies about same-sex marriage and then heard your comments on the stupid bill dealing with same-sex marriage in the United States Congress. What happened? What he's talking about is the fact that uh, this is some years ago, and when I say some years ago, more than 10, uh, we put out uh, and made available, I gave a talk, and I don't even remember where that talk was, but I put together my thoughts about redefining marriage, which I always opposed. And and I opposed the Obergefell decision. I think the Obergefell decision was badly decided, that this should not have been decided that way by the Supreme Court for every state in the Union. And it was very much like the abortion situation where they were in the process of legalizing abortion anyway. There were 23 states that had legalized abortion before Roe. And there were also a number of states, um, many of them, and I don't know the exact number that had uh, authorized same-sex marriage before Obergefell. And when he asked what happened, what happened is Obergefell, which is the Supreme Court can make a decision like that. And even if it's wrongly decided, and I think that Obergefell was wrongly decided, it changes things. And uh, all of a sudden you have people all across the country. And I've mentioned this before. The statistics show there are about a half a million same-sex couples who have sought the protections and the privileges of marriage. What are you going to do with those people? I mean, in other words, this argument is over. And uh, I am fairly confident that, um, that right now, if you, if you read the polling, it's close to 70% of Americans who support same-sex marriage. It was very different from what it was before Obergefell. In any event, James says, what happened? Well, anyways, I'm in an interracial marriage, he says, and I don't feel I need protection and still believe in the definition of marriage as one man, one woman. Uh, Enjoyed your passion on the subject. It did seem surreal at times since no one seems to defend marriage like that anymore. Well, you're right because it's, it's, again, 
there are there are certain things where um, there's a famous saying that was used by by Churchill that uh, the dogs bark but the caravan moves on, and uh, having spent a great deal of time, energy, and effort, and people who've listened to the show for a while know that to be true, opposing the redefinition of marriage, once it has been redefined, and once you have whole couples and families out there who have adopted children or they have, uh, uh, they have produced children through surrogates or they have children and you have same-sex couples, and you have same-sex marriages, it, it changes the reality. And uh, it, it, the, the idea of arguing for changing back is certainly not something that I intended by, uh, by getting uh, that tape on the 10 Big Lies about same-sex marriage. I haven't heard it for a, a long time since I spoke it originally, I suspect that I still stand by most of it except for the result because the result involves uh, basically going along with a system that has worked pretty well for the United States, which is allowing even uh, audaciously and wrongly decided Supreme Court cases to function as defining the law of the land. Because if you don't have a Supreme Court defining of the law of the land and you don't give the Supreme Court a certain amount of power, uh, then even if you hate certain decisions or you strongly disagree with them in any event, uh, you are going to be losing the idea of appealing to a final authority rather than people screaming and shouting and demonstrating in the streets. And... Um, and by the way, today there's controversy about Nancy Mace, who is a congresswoman from South Carolina. She just won her primary. She was opposed by President Trump, and uh, she won handily against a Trump-endorsed, uh, also somebody who had previously been in Congress. I think her name was Arrington. In any event, today at the session of Congress where they're voting on contraceptives, and why are they voting on contraceptives? Why are they voting on birth control? Because one of the cases mentioned by Clarence Thomas that has the, uh, uh, the same uh, uh, due process concerns based on substantive due process, the, the case is Griswold versus Connecticut from 1965, and he mentioned it. And that was the case that invalidated a then-existent Connecticut law that um, made contraceptives unavailable, uh, and not just to young people, but to married couples. And that was actually what they were arguing about in Griswold. In any event, the, no one on the court seemed to think that it was a great idea to have the government... Um, basically stepping in and preventing people from getting contraceptives, which were relatively new in 1965. But uh, what, what they did argue about was whether it should be the government to change policy, in this case the legislature of Connecticut, or whether it should be the Supreme Court. And that's when Justice Douglas, in his majority opinion, created, and he did, out of whole cloth, the right of privacy. 
and where he famously referred to a penumbra of an emanation of an implication in the Bill of Rights that had created this right of privacy that he wanted to apply to the availability of contraception. The reason that contraception is different from, from everything else, and the, the point about Nancy Mace, uh, she was wearing a sign. She had put a sign on the back of her jacket that she was wearing. It was hand-lettered, and it said, protect contraception. She was obviously one of those few Republicans who voted for this bill. Protect contraception. He says, my state right now is trying to... Uh, outlaw all exceptions. What she's talking about is in South Carolina, they are basically saying that they want to ban abortion entirely, even in cases of rape and incest, which would uh, apply to that that awful case that everyone has heard about, about the the poor girl who was raped twice and uh, then had to travel from her home in Ohio uh, to Indiana uh, t- in order to get an abortion that took place in six weeks, three days after conception. Uh, and, and again, all of this is hitting our state legislatures all at once. Uh, people are tremendously worried about uh, the court moving forward to strike down protections of contraception. I think that is extremely remote. And the reason that James in Bellevue refers to these bills as stupid is because by conferring national protection, what they're doing is protecting about a danger against a danger that isn't real. I, uh, however, think that it's appropriate to take this panic out of the public mind. And uh, who knows? I mean... If if uh, we go some months or years from right now and we see that there is no dramatic move by the Supreme Court to undermine things like the rights to interracial marriage or the rights to same-sex marriage or the rights to contraception, that, that is not going to happen. As Justice Kavanaugh said, Uh, And as Justice Alito said in his majority opinion, he said it as well, that this is not a natural progression. It is not basically the logical outcome of the decision that they made in the Dobbs case. That should reassure people, but it may be that the passage of time will reassure them more. And probably these bills will pass uh, they they would need to get the 10 Republican votes in the Senate. Uh, would those votes exist to protect contraception, to protect interracial marriage? That surely would exist and should pass. But it would prevent the Democrats from exploiting this hysteria, which is not a good thing. Hysteria is never an appropriate tool for political goals in this greatest nation on God's green earth.